Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento. Some say the news is fake. Others say it's real. These two don't have the time to check. Instead, Turner Sparks and Michael Ira Kaplan turn to comics stationed around the globe to be their eyewitness reporters so that you can know what's really going on. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 211. My name's Turner Sparks. And I am uh, Michael Kaplan. You can find me at turnersparks.com. You can find Kaplan at Cap in America on Instagram. Also, this show is at Lost in America pod on Instagram. Uh, Lost in America, the letter in Lost in America pod on Twitter. Kaplan on the show today. We have Oleg Denisov come back. Uh, has come back, excuse me, to explain returning guest. We're talking returning guest talking about the Russia hack. But before we get them and we're going to learn all about spies and Russia, the KGB, the whole organization, the whole network over there at the Kremlin. But before we get to him, Cap, uh, let's talk about Patreon. How do people uh, tell tell the people about Patreon? Patreon, uh, tell the people you can get this show, uh, our show on Patreon three times a week, correct? That's what we're giving away. Three times a week, it's called Live from the Bunker, and it's a uh, it's a little look inside of our lives. We say Lost in America is about the world. We learn about the world. Live yes. from the Bunker, the, the world learns about us. Much more important. It's so, a, yeah, we, we are the world on Live from the Bunker. We so. are the world, so you learn about me dealing with my kids and remote uh, bunkering up and schools being shut down left to right, and I had coronavirus last week, and I'm recovered. I'm on the men. We learn about you. You're down there in Virginia on the lamb running away from New York's problems. I am in Virginia. You'll find out why you also fi- found out why Kaplan, if you're watching on YouTube, has a giant gash on his nose right now, which yeah, we will you, not tell you. No, you have to go to patreoncom slash lost in America to find on this out. show. All I say is you should see the other guy. But on, on live from the bunker, you hear guy. the story for five dollars <laughs> a week. We give you those three extra episodes, uh, 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 three extra episodes, of five dollars a month. We give you those three extra episodes a week. Um, and then for $10 a month, you not only get those three extra episodes, but you get Kaplan hold up the mug. You oh, not. You don't get a mug. You get a T-shirt. You get a, a T-shirt Lost with this America, logo. If you're on YouTube right now, Lost in America, number one in Armenia T-shirt. You can also go buy the mug. Find all that at lostinamericapod.com. And for $20 a month, I had someone asking about this this week. They said, hey, we heard you have Magic Spoon advertising. They're not not in this episode. We heard you have Magic Spoon advertising. How much do they charge? I told them, of course, off the record. I'm not going to say it on here. How much they charge? A lot of money. How much we charge? How much we charge them? And they said, well, but but for twenty dollars a month, I can get an ad once a month on your show. And Magic Spoon pays far beyond that. I said, yes, you can. If you go to Patreon.com/slash/LostInAmerica for twenty dollars a month, you get a once a month ad. You get the T-shirt. You get the three extra episodes a week and you're contributing to the life of this show. You are the, our Patreon subscribers are the engine that drives this show. Cap. What was the person asking you? My daughter, Ruby Kaplan, because she's been hassling me nonstop for the money. She wants to know when I'm getting a magic spoon money, when I'm buying or something with it. But no. Oh, she, <laughs> she thinks the money flows can, straight to her, flows straight to her. She wants to she thinks I'm super rich now because I have we have an app, one advertisement. So. Well, Cap, we but, do have a uh, yeah, you said uh, some some mail, some hate mails. Mail came in from a subscriber. Uh, yeah, we're we not going to some... play the hate mail music. Let's save that for the other show. But just read the mail. to Yeah, us. this is uh, this is, I think, fan mail. So I don't know if we even have to play the music. And it's from uh, a Kara Sergio. Um, and oh, she shout out to Kara. Yeah. Yeah. She writes. All right. I have checked out your podcast. 
the one where the Belarusian correspondent discussed being kidnapped by his country's secret police. And he's hilarious. And the one where the chilling correspondent discussed his country's lack of leadership and his plot to murder his wife to run for office, which is a brilliant strategy. Wait, 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 wait. slow down. Stop, stop, Kaplan. The Chilean comedian talking about. Yeah, she's mixing up episodes. Yeah, that was the Peru episode. (laughs) That was the Peruvian episode. I was going to let it. I thought our fans are always right. So I wasn't going to correct her. No, no, no. The Peruvian episode was when the when the um, the plot to kidnap. uh, If you run for office in Peru, uh, if you're if you're elected official in Peru, you cannot be tried for a crime. Yeah, so, so you kill your wife and then you run for office. That's if you accidentally kill your wife, you better run for office immediately. <laughs> that did not happen in Chile. Right? No, that was, that was, anyway, that was a whole different thing. That was a cost Anyway, she goes on to say, you guys are going to give Bill Maher a run for his money. <laughs> that's the that's yeah. the goal, Kaplan. That's the goal. Just do me a favor and don't tell anyone I checked out your podcast uh, because then they'll want me to check out theirs. Uh-oh, well, we just we just outed her there. Oh, but, um, but thank you, Kara. Thank you for the, you know. Thank you, Kara. That is the issue. Everyone has a podcast these days. Speaking of podcasts, let's get to ours, Kaplan. Yeah. All right. So what we're talking about today uh, is the this has been in the news in the United States, but I'm unclear on the details until I research this. So. Yeah. So Russia, uh, I guess we have to do we have have to say allegedly or is it 100 percent sure it's Russia? Well, according to our president, it's allegedly because he said it could have been China. But everybody else is saying it was Russia, everybody. including the uh, Mike Pompeo, the secretary yeah. of state. Everyone else in the U.S. government says yeah, it same. was says yes. it was Russia hack. And w- can I you want me to explain the hack real quick? Sure, Go ahead. Rick. Basics a, of what is a rundown. All right. So it's a little difficult to explain, but I'll give it a shot. Here's what happened is um, they you get updates, right? I think it was a Microsoft update comes. So so basically these computers are built. All of our computers, the Google, everything, they're all built to block any any hacking, any intruders, any viruses. viruses That's yes. where they operate. But if you autom- if you upload a virus to your computer willingly, they mm. can't stop that. OK, no. so what they did, there was a Microsoft update, as far as I understand, in March of this year and 18,000 different companies got the update. They got it because they use this program called Orion. Orion. Now, the Orion program, I don't want to go too deep here, but what Orion does, say you work for McDonald's, Kaplan. OK, uh, yes, which and I, you're in the head. I, I'll office. say Arby's. I'm at you're Arby's. the IT guy in the head office at Arby's. There's Arby's around the United States of America selling their roast beef mm-hmm. and they don't want to I have check. to have an IT guy at every single Arby's location. So they have you at the head office. And now if you have the Orion software, you can control all of their computers around the US. So if they have an issue, in uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, you can ha- you can get into their computer real quick, solve the problem. That's Orion. They create that software. Eighteen thousand companies in America use it, including Department of Defense, including the uh, State Department, else? CDC, the uh, Homeland Security, the Pentagon, the NSA, <laughs> the people who uh, control the nukes, pretty much everybody. The people who control <laughs> the nukes, literally, literally. So everyone in America is using this one company, which yeah. I would argue just off the bat, bad, bad idea. idea. Bad you know, idea. you might want to separate. So what the the Russian um, hackers hacked into, they hacked into Orion, that program. They hacked into the company which built the program. And then at some point, all of those companies, all those 18,000 companies got an automatic update offer from uh, Microsoft to update their computers. Now, latched onto that update, that was a real update, but latched onto that update was a virus. Okay, so once they updated their computer, the virus got inside and bang, they're in. Now, from March until now, the Russian hackers have been inside these American computers, just learning information. I'm not exactly sure what's hanging doing. out, hanging yeah. out. Maybe they want to be on the kids Zoom classes. They want to get an American education. We don't know if it's sinister. We don't know what their motives were. Now we figured it out that they're in and that's where we're at now. OK, yeah. so they've shut down Orion. They're telling everyone, OK, don't worry about it. It shut down. But we don't know if that means it, it seems to be they're still in. So should we let's bring in Oleg. Yeah, let's find out what because he, you know, he probably everyone in Russia is probably talking about this successful hack and he'll tell us all the stuff he's learned about us. Are there parades happening? That's my first question. So before we bring him in, he's a great comedian out of Russia. He's gone to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. He tours all over the place. He owns a comedy club in Moscow that Kaplan, we are going to go to at some point. 
called when we get steal- to number one in Russia, we're going. It's called the Steal the <laughs> Show Comedy Club. You can get you can go check it out. Stealtheshow.net. They have shows every week in three languages, including one of them being English, another one being Russian, and a third one, I believe, Spanish. Oleg, welcome to the show. Hey guys, nice to see you again. Good seeing you. Thank you for coming First- back. I think the first thing uh, you, uh, you need to know, if you want to be number one in Russia, you shouldn't talk to people like me. Uh, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> uh, off to a rough start. Yeah, so what's, so, uh, so what's going on? What is the news that's uh, in Russia about this whole thing? Or is there news? Or- uh, the point is, uh, like, it, to put it short, there is no news. Like, uh, I mean, there is there is news, but it's not like it's definitely not a number one bit. It's like, yes, we hack America. Like, another day at the office. <laughs> like, the what's office. the problem? Yeah. Another day at the office. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe, maybe maybe turn your like may the Western press turn their attention to something like really interesting, like poisoning people. Like, uh, like really, <laughs> like. Like the, uh, in in general, and, and I believe that would be even uh, the point of view of uh, like uh, a large uh, percentage of the Russian public as well. Uh, the general position about it would be that everybody's trying to hack everybody. So sometimes, like we are successful, sometimes somebody else is successful. But uh, they like people in Russia in general see it as a um, well, maybe not exactly fair competition, but it's kind of more or less like a competition that everybody should be ready for. So yeah, there was some news about this hacking. Uh, but again, like in, in Russia, it's not like even like, you know, in top 10, like news. No one's talking about it. There's, no, there's, yeah. no, there's no parades through Moscow right now. Uh, no, 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 not to, I, I can't see any from my window now. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> is it because the, it was considered a generally, this is not a big deal. This is kind of an easy hack getting in like uh, this kind of- yeah, as, as I said, like this is another day at the office. It's uh, uh, I, I, as far as I understand, they believe that America is trying to hack like our like election, trying to hack our uh, like different like security systems, and sometimes we do that. And this is like you know uh, nothing, 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 um, uh, nothing is out of bounds there. Like you, you, sh- you can do it. It's fine. It's fair because everybody's doing trying to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Now, mm. what um, what would it what would a hack of uh, an American hack of a Russian election even look like? It would be yeah. if Putin yeah. lost, maybe they would say it was <laughs> well, a hack or what happened? Yeah. I know. First, yeah. first of all, I would say like if if um, uh, Americans uh, like or anybody tried like the same tactics of of hacking, which is kind of like install update like from Microsoft or something like this. Yeah. Because in, in Russia, like people, uh, uh, I'll just give you one example, how we kind of like these unnecessary rules. I hate installing updates. I was like, ah, great. Like, I, I think this gives everybody a good argument not to install any updates. You're like, oh, what if it's a Russian hack? Yeah. I wanted to, so as <laughs> I'm just was, keeping myself safe. Yes. <laughs> as I was reading about this last night, I assume Kaplan, because I'm a real, I'm a famous pro- procrastinator and i imagine kaplan's on the same side here as me and as you i never install these updates i always wait till my computer's running really like basically shutting itself down on the other way around i installed them because i feel like it's then it's like i felt like i did something today that was successful (laughs) look i I can't i can't write right now because i gotta install this update and my computer's got to reboot so there's my excuse why i'm not working my novel right now Got to walk away from the computer, let it update, do its thing. I mean, as so genius I'm, I'm a... as that is, Kaplan, <laughs> I never thought of that. Yeah. I'm always the guy who, you know, I, my computer almost won't start. I mean, this happened to me like a month ago and I couldn't figure out why. I looked up online and they're like, well, did you install blah, 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 update? I realized it's an update from three years ago that I never installed. And my computer is like, we're done. We're over with. So I felt good about myself reading all this information as Oleg did, because I was like, I never install anyway. So we're yeah, good to and go. Especially, especially like for, for many Russians, you know, we have such uh, like uh, natural resistance to uh, like a, a, a natural kind of uh, tendency to uh, not like rebel. Yeah. But to bypass the rules, you know, to bypass the rules, they gives the Russians a lot of pleasure. Just as an example, uh, when uh, they started actually enforcing uh, like fines and arrests for uh, not wearing a seatbelt where you're driving a car. Yes. Of course, some of the Russian companies started producing two uh, very useful things for people who just don't want to do it. First of all, is a T-shirt 
with a picture of a of a seatbelt. <laughs> So the and police wouldn't know. That's a brilliant so it, idea. It looks yeah. like a body and double. And then, like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just like you see, you see somebody okay. driving, and the policeman sees you driving, and you have this like line, black line, and they're like, okay, he's that's wearing like this, a seatbelt. The glasses fine. that show your eyes are open when you're asleep, kind of. Uh, thing. And, <laughs> and after that, after that, when uh, they introduced like uh, there were some new cars, uh, which uh, like from Japan and stuff, like where they have like uh, this annoying sound when the seatbelt is not like plugged yeah, into the ding, ding, uh, ding, thing. Ding, ding. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, uh, there were some companies started producing like a dummy like metal things like at the like at the end of the seat belt you put them in yes and it stops going and oh, the yes. sound so you don't hear that noise oh like i've seen those when i lived in china i was there for 12 years they had the same thing so it's a, I, I thought you might talk about this it's a little it it has it's the exact same shape as the end the click in part of the seat belt but it's not connected to a seat belt so you just click it in so you don't have to then wear your um, seat belt and it got so, so far in china they might have done this in Russia. There was multiple companies like you could buy a Winnie the Pooh one. You could buy a Mickey Mouse one. They were accessorizing these things. I, I wish I had that because I used to drive my grandfather around late in his life when he basically decided I'm not wearing seatbelts anymore because who cares? I've made it to 90 and he couldn't hear the noise. So I would be driving and it's just being being I'd be like, I can't. You, you gotta you gotta put your seatbelt on grip i can't it's dry. he's like i don't hear anything and it's like so it's a great that's a great gift idea for everyone in that situation so so what i wanted to say like in in relation to like hacking and like installing updates i i i just now came up with a plan for for america to hack russian computers Ooh. here it goes yeah you see uh we uh like russians also receive like these updates and uh, some of us, they have uh, like, okay, because people are tired of it. And they don't want to bypass this, like necessary updates. So uh, some people, again, develop a special like app for the computer, which allows it to run and without asking you for updates all the time. <laughs> and this is the app that you should put the virus into. No. The Russians will That's install genius. it on the computers. Kaplan, it's come to this. You know, we've had to do the work that our, our CIA, our FBI, uh, they should be doing that. We're doing it for them. We're finding out how to hack, Th I mean, we to should... hack Russia. Thank you very much. Yeah. And we should also say uh, the part of the story was that in the American company that makes this software, it was that somebody came to them last year and said, hey, by the way, we figured out your password is the name of the company and one, two, three. Yeah, solar like, winds, one, solar two, winds, three. one, two, three. So they changed it then. But, you know, they didn't change it to something great if they had it that to begin with. So we really I think I assume Russian do Russians have better passwords because they're aware of hacking as being such a like such a part of life almost that they're just more paranoid people in this respect or because Americans were too trusting. I think that's part of our problem overall. Mm, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I think uh, if, if we talk about like the possibility of Russians kind of worrying about them, them being hacked, it's like I, I, I there's very few people in Russia who uh, like haven't, uh, you know, come to terms with the fact that they're always under surveillance and all the data, data exactly. is like in the uh, like always available to like special services and in general from there. Like and we will get to that a little bit later. I think we'll be going. We'll be talking about like Navalny and stuff. Like uh, uh, their data, data is available to the special services, and from them, it's basically available to to anybody because uh, there is a lot of corruption in how this data is being stored, and you know uh, who that's, has access to it. That's a great point, Kaplan. I'm I was living in China when um, the whole Edward Snowden stuff happened. Oh, right, ten years ago or so. Huge celebrity and. The biggest surprise to me, because being gone for 12 years, I think probably like seven or eight years at that point, you lose touch with the culture, the mindset, the American mindset a bit. Right. And the biggest mm -hmm. surprise to me was that when all this information came out that the U.S. government was looking into everyone's computers, I was surprised that people were surprised. After living in China for eight years, you do kind of just you start to understand it becomes a fact of life that everyone's looking at your information all the time. And also it's happening in America. And I was people, the fact that people were taken aback by this. And a big part of it was, oh, yeah, but it's Obama. We have Obama. He wouldn't be doing that. <laughs> it's like everyone's doing that. That's the way it goes. So so I could see if in Russia, if they've come to terms with that, then people are a little more savvy than the average American might be yes. in terms of passwords and everything. Can I ask this, Oleg? Um, because when, when I read this story, my first thought was, oh, this was done by the KGB. 
Now, I thought it was done by the KGB. I have to be honest. I don't I didn't even 100 percent know what the KGB was. I thought it was OK. It's the CIA of America. I went to look it up and I, the KGB doesn't even exist. First thing uh, you learned is it's not called the KGB anymore. Yeah, it's not it, called it was, the KGB. Yeah, it was it was done by the by Santa Claus. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's somebody who doesn't <laughs> exist. Right. <laughs> now we're going to go to number one in Russia. Yeah, it wasn't go. done by the KGB. Real Santa Claus hacked. That's what uh, I've been saying. So, I'm Jewish. I've been saying that forever. So there's three kind of, I don't know if branches the right terms, but there's the SVR, the FBS, the GRU. Can you explain to us a little bit what happened to the KGB historically and where we're at now with all these organizations? Well, uh, now, yes, now it's called FSB, like which is kind of like the KGB is uh, uh, directly, it's a d direct like descendant, it's the phase, FSB. It's uh, what KGB is now. It's just called okay. differently. It has the same offices, same address, same people, uh, you know. And Boris uh, Yeltsin did that? Is that when it happened? Uh, yeah, like after, yeah, after the collapse of the Soviet Union, it was uh, renamed uh, partly. Uh, FBS, excuse me, FBS maybe. Federal FSB. Security F Service? FSB. Is it FSB. FSB. Like okay. it's called, yeah, it's called in Russian, Russian it's called like FSB, like uh, okay. Federal Service of uh, Safety. Well, FSS it would be probably. Federal Safety Service or Protection Service, something yeah, like this. Yeah, FBS. The acronym like they go with is FSB. I'm sorry, I'm yeah, confusing yeah, yeah. things here. So, yeah. so, um, so in this, they have the same office, the same structure, the same authorities, like generals, and like they just directly transferred to this thing. Uh, and uh, actually, in some of the countries, like post-Soviet countries, uh, like they didn't feel the need to rename it. For example, not in some, but uh, chiefly in Belarus. Right in Belarus, it's still called KGB. Okay, because oh. it's like uh, they don't feel they need because uh, in in Russia in um, after uh, like du after during perestroika and after perestroika and after uh, like uh, and after uh, like the collapse of the Soviet Union, um, there was uh, a lot of um, there was this tendency which uh, uh, went went on throughout the nineties but actually stopped during Putin and this is the tendency to uh, reveal. Uh, uh, some of the secret documents uh, uh, and some about some of the activities that KGB did, uh, including like including the yeah, the classify classify exactly, and like uh, uh, namely like about uh, Stalin's times when people like uh, repressions and uh, persecutions, gulag, everything like this. So kind of KGB uh, at this point had a really bad name, so they kind of decided we change a couple of letters. Yeah, rebrand. <laughs> rebrand. Yeah, we do a rebrand. And Putin and was in charge of the of it was still the KGB when he was there, right? He was an agent for me. Well, he was in the KGB and then yeah. I think he was in FSB as he well, FSB, but then yeah. at some at some point in the 90s, it's but even before he uh, he was a, a director of FSB right before he became prime minister. Uh, but uh, during most of the 90s, he wasn't part of it. But as the people from FSB and from KGB say, there is no ex-KGB. There is no ex-FSB. Mm. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's there. Well, you see that on movies that all the time. Guys are always brought back in who are trying to retire. One last yeah. job. One last job, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like Putin got a great one last job. Like yes. one last yeah. job. Just be a president for 25 fucking years. Okay. One, come on, Vlad. I know you want to retire and ride horses in the countryside. Make a but... make a hero movie out, out of that sure. in America. That'd be great. Putin gets called yeah, in for can, one I last mean, job. To be fair, to be fair, he can still ride horses in the countryside. Yeah. Oh yeah. He can. So why would uh why why would they reveal those in the early 90s? Reveal all the old secrets to gain trust of the people or what? Well, yeah, it was kind of general tendency to be more democratic, to be more open. Yeah. Uh, and some of it was revealed, but uh, not a, not a lot. I, I know, I, as far as I know, in America, there is also like uh, uh, from time to time, there are portions of uh, information which are declassified from the uh, CIA, I think. Yes. Yeah, like from time to time, it happens. That happens. Uh, so so the F the FSB is um, what I've it's according to my research. They're the KGB or what are would be the CIA, but for domestic for like internal affairs in this in the country of Russia. And then you have. Um, yeah, the, other S the GRU S S SVR, right? SVR. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah, S S SVR. Yeah, in Russia it would be it. It is uh, uh, SVR. It's the service of uh, foreign uh, foreign um, intelligence, something like this. Like to uh, yeah. intelligence works in foreign countries. 
And then there is also uh, GRU, which is GRU, yes. which is the state uh, uh, state intelligence uh, agency or something like this. But this is an investigative uh, investigative. And it or, seems like the GRU like. might report to the military, and the SVR reports to Putin directly. Is that the difference? Mm, it's really it's really hard to say who like especially if we talk take all of these uh, like. Uh, all of these services and like also there is a fourth one which is basically the police right uh, sure they all and uh, uh, it's uh, to, to be fair it's really hard to understand like what is the, like especially at the moment what is the structure what's the power structure because the point of of the of, of Russian like intelligence uh, agencies uh, as far as I understand it uh, is that uh every like the point is everybody is accountable everybody should be held accountable at, at any point so one is report on the other and the other this report on this so they're all telling one. on each other at all, all times kind of, as each other far out. as i understand yeah like uh i i think as, as i understand sometimes uh they don't have no idea what the other one is doing but then at some point like it all comes together like um the election uh, especially if example. we talk about right. Um, yeah, well, I mean, there are some examples. Uh, uh, I don't know about election, but yeah. Uh, but but uh, the point is, right? Uh, the now now KGB, like what what we what we uh, what we say now, we say FSB. I'm, I'm completely confused by you guys. Like, okay, because <laughs> like uh, we need to talk about the present and the past at the same time. Uh, so I'll what was KGB? We don't know anything. So yeah, feel yeah, free yeah. to start or end wherever you want. Make a new acronym up if you want. Yeah. <laughs> or should I ask a question? Is that better? Uh, no, no, it's okay. It's because okay. uh, basically what is now FSB is former KGB. And I think this is the most important uh, okay. uh, of these services, which we should concentrate on. And the one uh, with which most of the uh, like uh, events of the recent years are uh, directly related to. Uh, okay. To so kind of forget for now, kind of yeah. forget about the other one. So was it, do we know who it was? I read I guess the reason why I'm asking this is because I read um, different reports. One said the uh, FSB might have done this hack. And the other one says the SVR did this hack. Do you think they're all trying to claim it so that Putin likes one more than the other? Mm, I don't think so. First of all, Putin is KGB himself. He's FSB and KGB. And uh, famously, when he came to power, he became president, became president. Uh, he was uh, uh, doing like a briefing or some kind of a report on the uh, like a congress of FSB, uh, and then he comes out. He comes to the like some kind of a tribune, and people like they applaud him, and uh, he, he became president. His and he said, "Comrades, the infiltration has been successful." <laughs> Line. Man, this is. Uh, so wow. I, I think I think he has only one love out of these all. There always be his favorite FSB. child. Yes, number yes, one. yes. Uh, but I don't even think I don't even I don't even think that, uh, you know, it's so not I don't think it's correct to say that the hacking uh, is done by the agency itself. It, uh, it's it's a group of hackers, which uh, I'm not even sure they're uh, like I'm, 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 I'm sure some of them are not even necessarily stationed in Russia. It's a it's a some kind of a, it's hackers which are financed, which may might be, I think, uh, informed you know, given some information, but uh, I don't think it's done by like the FSB specialists themselves. I see. I, these, are, okay. these are the hackers that we call Cozy Bear, right? This is like the, the American Probably, yeah. 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 It's like probably, a unit, yeah. a Russian hacking team. Yeah, we yeah. say that this hack was done by Cozy Bear, or at least that's what all the reports say. It's unclear yeah, what that's Cozy the Bear is. Say, yeah, like mm -hmm. smart Russian hackers <laughs> or non-Russian hackers that they hire, yeah. Now, yeah. is there a culture of hacking like are companies hacking other companies in russia is that just a thing that happens because mm, well, russia, russia seems to be better at this than most countries in the world right <laughs> yeah. well at least at least we sell it better you know at least we sell <laughs> this idea better that we're so good at hacking uh but uh in general i think because uh, you lived in china right how many years 12 years 12 years. Yeah, I, I, I think it both applies to China and to Russia that we have sort of a, a relaxed attitude to what private property is. That's a and, good way uh, to put it. Yeah. <laughs> relaxed attitude to what public property is, what intellectual property is. 
So, for example, if, uh, uh, you know, if um, uh, a Russian company needs something from the American company or a Chinese company needs something from the American company, they can just take it. Like, for example, the, fa the most uh, famous, the most successful Russian um, uh, social network, which is called VK, uh it's like as originally it was copied almost exactly of facebook oh they had one uh, of those in china as well yeah 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 and now of course i don't know what the how the chinese one works but the russian one uh, became uh like rapidly became very popular for the simple reason because in in it you can find all sort of pirated content all the movies all the music without ah. paying for anything at all yeah uh, so so you i I see what you're saying. So there's a so a lot of this. Let's give a brief example. There's um, there used to be these DVD shops in the middle of Suzhou where I lived. Every city in China, there every single it, it looked like a blockbuster video. It looked like a video store yeah. when you went in. But every single thing was pirated, and not only would that be illegal in America, and it might technically be illegal in China on the books, but also the person running it, there would be some sense of shame maybe attached to it. Like, oh man, I stole all this and now I'm selling it. Where that literally didn't exist. Meaning it wasn't like they were hiding their shame. It's like <laughs> there was no shame, you know? Yeah, yeah, there is. There maybe was that's no shame. Yeah, it is similar. It is similar. Uh, so even the concept of like taking something uh, from a different source and just kind of replicating it or like putting it on the market for free or capitalizing on this somehow uh in in the sphere of intel for example if we talk about like actual physical property yeah this is a bit different but with intellectual yeah. property in russia it's as i said like way more relaxed the same as in china well and remember kaplan we had this in america from 99 to 2001 depending upon what age our listeners are they might remember this remember when um was it Music? Napster? Napster? Napster came Those out. Those are the golden, the golden years in America for piracy. I was in college then. I think you were almost out of college, but at the same way, being in college at that time was the best because we had this super fast internet that no one else in America had. You could download 100 songs a minute and we all, our brains flipped very quickly. A year earlier, we were all buying CDs for $20 yeah. each at Tower Records and now we're getting it for free and we didn't have shame attached to that either. We, we, ran, that, we ran all the record companies out of business, all the stores, but yeah. Exactly, everything's free. So um, what about, do you ever get news in Russia of American hacking you? Um, or does it happen? Oh, I, think, I, 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 I think I, I, I think if that somehow gets in, in the information space in Russia, uh, it's given as uh, well. They tried, but clearly the American hackers are, are not worthy of mentioning. Well, <laughs> they're like they're not so they're not successful enough to be. I really mean, I don't. We might. Uh, it might dangerous. be true though, because like I was saying to Turner off air, like we hear here about like we'll have a successful hack on Iran either us or the Israelis, where we take out their nuclear thing through a cyber virus. We've heard of stuff like that a few times. And I don't remember ever hearing of us like getting a really successful attack, cyber attack in Russia. So either we yeah, haven't I, tried I, I or haven't heard just, about yeah, like I, don't, I don't know what we're waiting for, but uh, not the. <laughs> and the is because um, also go, relating this to China, they're not the same country, obviously, but in China, um, there's it's there's a lot of people employed by the government to hack, but also comment, like leave comments. That's a job to leave comments on yeah, the yeah, news yeah. articles. And so, I mean, hundreds of thousands, possibly millions of people who do this. And that's just their job. They go to work every day and they do this. Or is that the same in Russia? Well, you, I, I think you you read the reports about the troll farm. There's a, a lot of uh, uh, reports uh, and a lot of uh, people who worked uh, at the troll farm in St. Petersburg. Uh, have you heard about this? Like I, I, you mean, like fresh our memory. Yeah. You become an actual live bot. Uh, no, no, but it's called like it, it was called uh, Internet Research Agency officially, officially, and it's uh, it was a company. Uh, uh, it was a company which belonged to the uh, one of like Putin's like friends, which is called uh, which is um, uh, called Isol Prigozhin, and he's uh, uh, known colloquially as like Putin's cook because originally uh, he was uh, like he's in the restaurant business, like supported by the government. He also kind of uh, uh, Putin's friend, and he kind of uh, uh, during their internal 
parties, he kind of is the one responsible for catering. Uh, but also he's responsible for this uh, troll farm, uh, which is uh, basically just a, a, a building, like an office block, uh, full of uh, different departments. And these departments, people that work there, they're not hackers. I mean, maybe they were hackers, but it's not what it's about. The point is uh, these people who uh, like write comments, people who start like these campaigns, like on, on uh, Facebook, for example, uh, which uh, like I think uh, was uh, in America, uh, there were a lot of talk about this during Black Lives Matter, like all the riots and stuff, which would start like a fake support campaign or something like this yeah the yeah, people disinformation disinformation so campaign. yeah disinformation so the, like they're like trolls that's why it's called troll farm so yeah. they kind of different department like department which works in russia the works like for american affairs like some do they Europe have uh, stuff. education for that like training like how do they learn like we have to, to be able to type like americans type or speak you know or uh yeah like that was that's uh, usually was one of the uh, methods to identify that it's actually like a Russian uh, troll rather than an uh, actual uh, like uh, uh, person who starts this who starts this uh, genuinely uh, is the small notes about grammar and about how like right. this person operates the English language uh, but in general they are pretty convincing and they, they are, have like think, algorithms yeah. yes but uh, sometimes uh, it's clear that this is not a sentence that a native speaker would say for example and that's how it kind of <laughs> identifies uh, but i mean with americans i think it could be difficult because you, you don't speak proper english that is very true <laughs> we don't especially online people don't so it's hard to yeah. it's really hard to tell yeah. sometimes because people can just be i mean plenty of americans can sound like they're not native speakers when they're online yeah and angry yeah, about yeah, something yeah. <laughs> so, but do so is there a different like hierarchy of of like so so i, I think mean, that's, that's a why, <laughs> what's that that's why russian that's why the russian trolls I didn't start any campaign in Oxford University. No, like, <laughs> it would be easier identifying. Yeah, like, so, excuse me. Yeah, there, there, there's the King's English. Here. The Queen's English you should be speaking. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, is there a hierarchy yeah. almost to like the uh, like the troll farm, the lowest end end of hackers, or like there's a whole complex where you can like work your way up to become doing more high level things or do you know anybody well the, po the point is like uh, when speaking about russia and i noticed that a lot because i speak to a lot of like during my like tours and in edinburgh and everywhere like on different uh, like uh, podcasts as well uh one of the uh, things which is all, all, almost always associated with russia is the assumption that everything is very very centralized in russia uh, which is, uh, you know, which is not true. And like Russians, especially like Russians who follow, who follow like modern Russian investigative journalism, uh, they understand this is completely not the case. For example, uh, the troll farm, which belong as a company, belong to Prigozhin, to this uh, private uh, businessman. Yeah. Uh, but of course, it worked uh, uh, like in the interests of the government. But again, nobody can prove it because when Putin was asked about this, when it was all revealed, asked about this, what so Prigozhin is your friend? He's like, well, yeah, he's like a, kind of a buddy of mine. Yeah, I'm allowed to have friends. You know. <laughs> and then friends. they say, but he was doing, but he was doing it in the interest of the Russian state. And he's like, how do you know that? It's a private company. Who cares? You know, like, I don't, I don't. So there's always a, um, yeah, a level of uh, deniability, plausible yeah. deniability yeah, yeah, is always, much. always there. You're what about uh, Putin did speak? He said yesterday, I was just doing last minute research and he said to SVR when they asked him about um, all this hacking, he said, of course, we did not do it. We had nothing to do with mm -hmm. it. This is not yes. us. But he also told SVR, keep up the good work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so a little pat in the back from the, maybe trying to motivate FSB a little bit, like SVR. He sounds hilarious. I'm just going to say. <laughs> no, but it was Somewhere. also, I think it was recently, it was a day of um, like some kind of a professional holiday of the of the SVR. Uh, yeah. Oh, they so each have their own yeah, day. So was, maybe that was the kind again, it was again, their holiday kind party. Used, used, this con used this context to kind of <laughs> slide in a compliment. And then we had an dictators American. Dictators are funnier, by the way. Sorry. Hmm? Sorry. <laughs> you I say, said dictators yeah. do seem to have better comic timing. 
Not for nothing. But the, on. <laughs> yeah, they, they seem to have better timing in general. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to uh, worry about, you know, all, all of our politicians worry about getting reelected yeah. all the time. Yes. And so they're they're rocking around on eggshells. But these guys can really stretch back and relax, you know, themselves. They got time. Yeah, they got nothing but time. But our I, I, one of our I don't know who it was, some congressman or something said that this a, a hack of this level First of all, there's been a lot of compliments in America going, actually, this was a great hack. It's a real, yeah. <laughs> they go, this is one of the better hacks. I mean, and that's why I, it had to be that's from what, Russia. That's what, I, that's what I like about Americans. You appreciate professionalism. Like, we do. You, can, you're a, <laughs> exactly. you have a cold culture based on that. <laughs> like, if somebody but can do something said, well, it should be put to good use. Exactly. Exactly. That, and that really is. Like, all the articles I've read, they go, first of all, you have to know, no amateur did this. This is high-level <laughs> stuff. But they also said that this could be seen as an act of war. And one one politician said that I forget who it was, but Dick he said Durbin, this is an act of war. Who was Senator it? Senator Durbin, I believe, said that maybe Senator Durbin. Is there Shout any out. thought in Russia? You said no one's even talking about this in general. So this may be a dumb question. But mm -hmm. is there any thought that this could lead to war? Maybe from Putin's Putin seems to not think that in any way. Right. Mm hmm. Well, no, but they know they're now. I don't know if the, uh, how much this um, term is used and if it's used at all actually now in America. Do you use the term hybrid war? Hybrid war? No, I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah, we what use is hybrid that? to describe puppies that are two different breeds, but no. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's, that's a continuation of this idea. Yeah, so hybrid <laughs> hybrid war is essentially an interesting term. It's originally, of course, not Russian. It's originally from like political uh, science, uh, I believe, like in America or Europe. Uh, and then we have a very good political scientist in Moscow, liberal political scientist, uh, who used this and who kind of popularized this to describe like hybrid, like for example, hybrid, hybrid, um, hybrid regime, hybrid democracy is a kind of the democ like a dictatorship uh, which uh, puts on the facade of democracy, something like what Russia has, what uh, like some, uh, uh, well, even China is uh, to some extent a hybrid regime like it's not like north korea isn't for example yes but russia is yeah. so and then and, and a hybrid war is a, a term uh, which uh, was picked up by putin by by russian uh, like pro-government uh, um, like politicians and political commentators and a hybrid war is uh, basically a way to describe this kind of um uh, what what the, they they call this hybrid war like spread of spread of like presumably fake information, disinformation, uh, hacking. Uh, so basically everything which is hostile actions, sanctions, for example, everything yes. which is hostile actions, but without actual like conflict, like physical. No conflict. bombs are being dropped. Yeah. yeah. I think in America, I mean, maybe political scientists are calling it a hybrid war. I think the average person in the newspapers, is, it's called like the new Cold War almost or the Internet Cold War, the, something like that. Possibly, but I, I, I think in general, in general, if you if look at it from the point of view of just like how the language works, uh, it's, uh, you know, the term war itself is kind of, it's a little bit of a scaremongering from like in somebody's political interest because, uh, 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 well, there's actually no uh, like open conflict, but we need to somehow emphasize that it's serious. Yes. We're so not we going to fire war. any missiles at Russia yeah. over this. That, that, yeah. that seems so, obvious to me. And the so. end goal here, um, this is kind of my big question. So obviously they got a lot of information, but, and some people say, as Kaplan said, access to the nukes, like access mean, to the state department, your brother's information. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, they know, no, they now know all about my brother. They know nothing about me, by yeah. way, but everything about my brother. So, but no, I, obviously we don't think that Putin's sitting in a big, like evil, uh, captain evil chair with his <laughs> finger on a button, ready to just start shooting off American nuclear <laughs> missiles at Canada or something. What what is the end goal with Putin and the Kremlin and everybody on all these hacks? Just is it like and what's what's the point? Are you asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. <laughs> you're well, you you're think, our Putin spokesman, and as far as we're concerned, so. what, what, what would you think the point would be? Yeah, um, I, 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 it's really it's really hard to say. I think um, um, like what. Well, uh, why what for, first of all is i think what's important for them now is just the uh acquiring like inside information from this that's the main goal inside information if they get into like the government like government agencies in america that gives them a lot 
you know, like uh, they might possibly be searching for, you know, what, you know, what compromat is, compromat. Like it's a Soviet word, uh, oh. but it's, I think, used internationally, which is like uh, some, uh, in some, some um, information which can be used as leverage for like uh, yeah, how to, to, how to blackmail somebody yeah. into a compromising situation. So, for example, if uh, now I think this has been proven this did not happen, but there was a rumor years ago that Trump went to Russia, got peed on by a prostitute. Yeah, like this sort golden of shower, a golden shower. And Russia now had him under their thumb. They could I, control him because of and Hillary. I think the same rumor, but just to be fair, <laughs> <laughs> she did the peeing. No, same prostitute. <laughs> uh, same time. Yeah. I, I, what I read that's interesting is there's three basic principles of the Russia, um, the cage, whatever the, the, the umbrella KGB. Uh, one is that Russia is constantly at risk. Another is that any loss for the West is a yes. gain for Russia. And the third is that action is always better than inaction. So shoot first, ask questions later. It's play to the fans. Just do something. <laughs> fans don't want it. It's, it's more exciting that way. Yeah. Yeah. You never know what you can find, but you have to do something. If you're an intelligence agency, something like this. Yeah. I, I, uh, that's actually one of the main, um, uh, like, I don't know, like through like ideas which are going through like Russian, uh, uh, like investigative journalism and uh, like over the last like 10, 15 years of the Russian like political science, like uh, independent political science, of course, is that uh, the idea that uh, comes forward very often is that uh, the, the Kremlin in general wants us to believe that they have a big general plan but in fact, they don't have a general plan. Mm. It's exactly this sort of like uh, KGB mentality, which Putin brought there. It's kind of that you do something, you do some actions, but you have no general plan. And uh, in, in the moment you react uh, to the most recent uh, like action by your the opponent. And you whatever, came, whatever yeah. was the result, you react to that. Yeah. So I, and I, I can't, you know, um, uh, I can't not notice this, uh, that this sort of strategy in general, this sort of strategy is, uh, for example, similar to um, how, uh, for example, uh, now uh, it, it, the new developments in education are described is that you should be ready for change you shouldn't be like you know like traditional education is you just get some information then you use it, this information now in the age of like internet it's not like in the professions change and new professions emerge every day so it's kind of like the main quality for a person is to be ready for change and yes. it looks like remarkably similar to what kgb <laughs> has so the, been so the kgb should be teaching the children <laughs> That's what you're saying. So what, so what I'm trying to say <laughs> is uh, imprison Elon Musk. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Elon Musk. Before, before, before he does something horrible, because he's clearly, you know, following their strategies. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Oh, well, do you have? Yeah, I was going to. You just got me an idea, but this would be a great idea. A billion dollar idea. Do you have do you have any Russian friends who could teach? I've got an eight year old son. If you could teach him some coding Russian style. He loves coding. <laughs> Troll farm. I, I, the two things he would I would love him to learn via a Russian would be chess because, you know, you guys are better at it. And if you could teach him chess and how to become a hacker, that'd be huge for our, then I would develop. A, <laughs> that is a neat school then. He could just be. a Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. You just put him in a Russian troll farm I'll like put people a, put their kids in. Um, <laughs> like where did uh, well, Hogwarts or whatever? <laughs> exactly. He, lo he, th he loves Russia, by the way. So it'd be great for him. Pick him up when he's 18. Say, how you doing, son? Can Remember me? Some money. Yeah, cause some chaos. Actually, 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 and actually, you know, speaking historically, I wanted to also point out this uh, thing about, uh, like, uh, as I said, about like the readiness to change and stuff. That was actually um, one of Stalin's ideas. No, oh. uh, like for in one of, in some of his work, uh, he wrote that in the future, like the way, like the his society, and of course, in his in his view, it was communist society. Of course, like the future communist society, yes. how it how it should develop. Uh, is that people would work less and less during the day. They work for, for example, like four, three or four hours a day. And the remaining like a few hours of uh, like working day, uh, they are reserved for uh, constantly re like studying new skills and kind of uh, reinventing yourself. So he saw this as a, like a perfect Stalin society. Stalin saw the future. He saw he the society developing. <laughs> yeah. For Kaplan, this, he predicted our lives. He did we now, the podcast world. 
everyone sits inside. We're not allowed out. We have to wear masks. We can't go see anybody. Oh, we sit this. Yeah. We Kaplan and I do a podcast every day and the rest of our 23 <laughs> hours are spent. Uh, well, not more watching TV than learning new ideas. We'll grow but. potatoes the rest of the day. We're good. No, <laughs> yeah, like reinventing <laughs> yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what do because uh, since the last time we talked to you, uh, we have mm-hmm. a new president in the in these United States. President elect. I don't know if president Putin elect, is yeah. acknowledged it yet, but Putin has yeah, he did. He acknowledged he did. it a couple yeah. days. Oh, OK. Ago. Yeah. So what's the thought? It, I, I know you had told us before the general idea of American presidents were one way or the other, America wasn't really run by the president. So who cares? Is it still the same with Biden? Yeah, it's the same. It's the same. Uh, and uh, I think I, I, I said in the previous uh, podcast that you, uh, even though the president like is not the main figure there and they like the deep state is the more, more important thing. <laughs> uh, and uh, still, uh, still uh, Trump was seen as a more beneficial president for uh, Russia because uh, his <laughs> image here was uh, that he uh, wasn't part of this establishment so much as the others. Because like Biden is obviously as a person who's like he's been in government for like 50 years or something. Slippy Joe, 47 years hasn't done anything. Swampy Joe. <laughs> of course, <laughs> he's seen as the he's seen as the one with uh, this establishment. Yes. Which is sure. in general, uh, like uh, geopolitically, like American interests. Uh, yeah. So but is Biden there a fear is, that to. to to, yeah. to Russian to Russian official position, Biden is uh, like slightly worse than Trump, of course. I, I mean, could Biden? Is there a fear that he might do a sort of a reset and maybe punish Russia more than? Uh, well, yeah, like so with sanctions, with everything. Uh, so whatever, like uh, they see as the interest of the American establishment in general, uh, Biden would be less of a. A nuisance to this establishment than Trump. For yeah, I do want to point out something that was pretty amazing. Um, so re- we talked about this on our last podcast. Remember, right before we recorded our last podcast, Putin had actually had a speech where he he wanted to suggest or propose to America a cyber war truce. This was in September. He said, hey, guys, hacking is going to get too extreme on both ends. Let's both just stop now. But what we're now learning is that when he was making those claims in September, that offering up the truce, uh, Russia was already in the middle of a six month hack <laughs> into the United States of America. That's well, what a surprise. <laughs> Putin said, <laughs> yeah. Call off the dogs, guys, and we'll just we, we won't count anything. Any hacks that have already been accomplished, we're going to go with, of course. But now, yeah, yeah. let's get to Navalny because that was yeah. the our, and if anyone has not listened to our previous episode, go, go back, back and listen to that. That was an entire hour about Navalny and Putin and everything. But let's get there an update you can give us on Navalny since we last. Yeah, because actually even today there was like the, there was a couple of updates since, of course. And then uh, today, like today in the morning, there was a very important update as well. Like uh, as if specifically, as if specifically for us to talk about. They knew you were coming on the air. And just to to catch our audience back up, he's the political opposition to Putin and Putin poisoned him a few months ago. That's the guy. Well, allegedly poisoned him because Putin Putin said the other day I saw, he said, if I would have done it, I would have finished him off. He said something like that. He was insulted. He was insulted that you pinned this, this shoddy poisoning on him. (laughs) <laughs> so go ahead no, but like okay we can we can i think again like we can put allegedly like you know like when you have this um uh on youtube like it's all one screen just put allegedly in the corner so everything we say is allegedly <laughs> okay allegedly. Just, because you're getting too, way too popular for me to keep coming to you guys really. <laughs> like you're we don't Armenian, no armenians media. armenians will tell everybody they are, <laughs> those they're blabbermouths <laughs> real chatty yeah. patties over there in armenia <laughs> Um, so yeah, like, but, so yeah, basically the most, like, uh, since he's been, she's been recovering, Navan has been recovering, he's uh, been, uh, um, working on the, uh, not just himself, but a few of, uh, like, uh, like independent organizations, uh, and, uh, some of the press, uh, investigative press were working on the, um, investigation of who might have done it, right? who might have been involved with the poisoning and using, uh, open sources and using, uh, as I said, like before, like corrupt, uh, like the, the data, da- databases, uh, which the, the um, security services gather about people, the, um, the data, uh, 
of course, some of the junior um, members of the services, yep. uh, they are willing uh, on the internet, on like Telegram and stuff, they're willing to sell this information to somebody. Ah. Just an information, just information about uh, people, like what people went there with whom, for example, uh, as far as uh, I understand, it's uh, a popular service. Uh, if, a, if somebody is expecting their like wife or husband, uh, they're being unfaithful and going with somebody. Oh. So they pay, they pay like a hundred dollars uh, and they get like an information about the passengers of a specific plane on which uh, like, oh, uh, this, uh, yeah, like a real husband. evil private investigator. <laughs> yeah but now it's kind of everybody can do it and this is has been and even since uh the investigation came out a lot of journalists including pro kremlin journalists they uh tested this method of investigation and they said yes yeah, sadly uh like even pro kremlin ones yes yeah, sadly this is very easy to do uh and which is even what is even more sad that since the investigation they doubled their prices so uh, <laughs> <laughs> capitalism yeah yeah so so it's easy to find the information so what did they find uh they found uh like uh, a special group they made some hypothesis that maybe that if if it was in the workings for quite a long time and they basically tracked uh a lot of his uh working trips over the last three years and they found a group of people uh who were uh, uh following him basically but not like on the plane like so they weren't surveillance but they were just staying in this town they coming like a day earlier and they stayed and they left the day earlier. Uh, and uh, then they started kind of uh, unpacking this, like, who are these people? Because they use fake names, of course. Uh, but then there's this uh, uh, software uh, which helps, for example, if you're on Telegram and everybody is on Telegram, uh, it helps uh, to see, for example, how this person is written down in other people's uh, messengers. Okay. Uh, like, for example, if somebody is from FSB, like then would be some uh, somebody would write this guy in their Telegram contact list as like Vova FSB or something like this. Yes. Okay. And then they kind of started started unpacking this sure. information and they found everything like that, that these people are actually FSB that they are registered their official address is registered like Lubyanka Square which is the oh, head wow. office of the of the FSB. So in a, in a way like and 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 they were following him a lot. Uh, uh, and also they found out that they uh, were in contact and so most of them were not, they were not like agents in general, like surveillance agents. Uh, most of them were uh, chem chemists, doctors, like, hey. and they were related with the uh, institutes uh, which uh, worked before on the chemical weapons and stuff. So basically you, you should watch, you should, you should, you should watch this. I think they have like English subtitles there. It's a really fascinating watch, fascinating investigation. And that's what Putin was asked for, was uh, asked about like yesterday or two, two days ago. When was, what we will was, uh, do is I conference. Yeah. So I, I know Kaplan sent it to me last night. We'll link it. Um, we'll send it out to our Patreon subscribers so they can get the link. It's a one hour okay. video that Navalny did himself. Or he had he intros. It's almost like he's leading his own investigation. Yeah, he's like he's, there was like a lot of these jokes, like in Russia, like you, you in, 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 in Russians are so tough that they investigate their own murder. Like, something yeah, like that. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and what's surprising in the video is that he looks relatively healthy because I know this poisoning put him into a coma for a yeah, month. Yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he came out with nerve damage, German doctors, all kinds of stuff. So does he seem to maybe he'll have and and will he have a political career again? It sounds like it. Well, he definitely has a, now, I think, a better political career in, like than before. Yeah. Like now it's, uh, you know, it's because it, uh, especially and basically what, what happened today, today in the morning, what happened today? Um, uh, and I think they were waiting to release this after Putin's uh, press conference okay. specifically, because what they did is on the day when the original investigation was supposed to come out. Uh, and of course, like all these people, uh, would be known yeah like all this FS fsb agents and then of course there was some like you know suspicion that they might disappear one way or the other mm, the agents uh, yeah Bad. yeah so yeah the the people who actually yeah like the the uh final point of this like the people who are actually working like coming coming and going with him um so what they did 
uh, Navalny and like uh, the other uh, guy working on the investigation, what they did is they started making phone calls uh, to these people without much hope, as he explains himself in the new video. Um, basically, what that they did, they used like a relatively simple technology to uh, so that the number shown on their phones would be the number of the FSB. But of course, the, the central office or something like this. Yeah. Uh, but of course, uh, you know, it wouldn't be, but of course they have like, th this would be just a general phone. And uh, of course the agents are not supposed to be discussing anything work related on uh, an actual, like on a, on, a, on a normal phone. They have a special line, special yes. line. So uh, that's why he says we did it without much hope. And like out of these like 10 people, which they called, nine uh suspected something and didn't didn't talk to him okay but one did but he was like he was like i'm a uh some kind of an ad 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 to the general of like this guy and like he was kind of dropping names so it would sound very believable but of course like nine out of ten like i said nine out of ten agents don't Smart. use an actual phone <laughs> yeah. but one uh, but like one, crushing. but one actually, because like he was calling it, it was very like I think it was a rather smart psychological. It was a well-known number, and they called early in the morning, like six o'clock, six a.m. Yeah, people are a little so the person, yeah, 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 not that sharp, and they think oh, it's something important, uh, so they answered. And this guy, one of the guys who was uh, responsible, as allegedly, as he uh, understands from his movements. Uh, uh, responsible for cleaning up uh, some of the uh, evidence after the after the thing, uh, he uh, answered this and he talked to him for forty five minutes. Wow! Uh, basically, uh, and the guy like during like uh, once in a while he was like, if it, "Is it okay that we're talking on a normal phone?" He's like, "Can you shut up?" Oh my god! <laughs> Something like this. So, so he's in, gonna in, be in, disappearing in, next. This guy uh yeah and now like <laughs> he says like this is like this his address this his name this is real name this is fake name this is his uh phone number mm -hmm. check this you can we can do a voice expertise whatever we can do like uh anything here you go and in this video he basically admits everything whoa so that came out this a, morning yeah this this yeah. is a genius move too because now what is putin gonna do like it really puts the onus on putin is he gonna he can't poison him again I mean, he could. <laughs> but, but I mean, if you lay out a strong case of why, like, somebody has attempted to murder me, this is how they did it. It's gonna, he's gonna get really creative. We're gonna see Putin how creative he can be now. You know? Well, so yeah, so that's the video. Of course, like, not everybody, not everybody believed this because, but the main arguments, of course, the main arguments of Putin and the main arguments uh, regarding this uh, new investigate, like uh, this uh, video as well, is that well, why would they do this? Why would an agent be so stupid? to talk about it right uh but the, if you know since it and, and it's the same as putin says in his conference if we why would do you think we would be so stupid like if yes. we wanted to poison him we would have done it like uh, like so, to do the end always... successfully and so this argument is kind of replicated every time every time every time but nothing yeah. is actually said like uh th there is nothing to actually refute his arguments they just say ah well would we be so stupid would we be so weak well, apparently now it kind of looks like you are. You know. Apparently, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, is this yeah. the same? I saw a part of the investigation was like that one of the doctors, poison guys, turned on his phone for too long, like when he was like in the same hotel yeah. as Navalny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was so like, like uh, people make mistakes. They just they they're people not make mistakes. Even exactly. in, yeah. So and if wow. On them, oh my gosh! All right. Well, so, um, I think that's it. That's the show. Oleg. <laughs> teaser. Oleg Until next time. Episode. Thank you He's so like, much. Yeah, I, I just I just like to point out when I say Putin, I mean uh, uh, a guy <laughs> called Putin, which I met uh, recently at a hot dog stand. And see, uh, Kaplan, we're when, a successful say, show now. He's a hot dog I, eating champion. Yeah, this guy you're talking. Yeah, about. when I say Navalny, I mean my dog. <laughs> yes. Uh, and when I say Trump, I mean somebody who was for a bit American president. Uh, you don't. Have to, yeah, you don't have to worry about Trump anymore. He's yeah. Used, you can say whatever you want. It's Kaplan. <laughs> I I should say that none of those disclaimers were necessary three months ago when Oleg was no. on our show and we were a little small show. Well, but now before, that we've grown, so that's yeah. a tip of the hat to us.
tip a hat to us. Well, you know, we're number one in Pakistan. We've got we got powerful listeners, so we got powerful gotta... listeners. Uh, <laughs> and go back and listen to that first one, though. Like everybody, it was great. Oh, like thank you for doing it, Kaplan. Thanks, guys. Yes, thank you so much. We'll have you on again. This is going to be we're going to have to check in once every few months here because America, United States and Russia. I mean, there's never ending amount of topics. We're, to we're united forever. So, yeah, <laughs> Kaplan, what should we do? Um, Mikhail Kaplan here. I'm going to move my family to Russia. And in the meantime, get lost. Get lost. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.